When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Hello, I'm Rob Beckett. And I'm Josh Widdicombe. Welcome to Parenting Hell, the show in which Josh and I discuss what it's really like to be a parent, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, to make ourselves, and hopefully you, feel better about the trials and tribulations of modern-day parenting, each week we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how they're coping. Or hopefully how they're not coping. And we'll also be hearing from you, the listener, with your tips, advice and, of course, tales of parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, there are plenty of times when none of us know what we're doing. Hello, you're listening to Parenting Hell with... Rudy, can you say Rob Beckett? Rob Beckett, um... Can you say Josh Widdicombe? Yes, Josh Widdicombe. Good boy, well done. There we go. Rudy, great name. I reckon they've got a dog, because that was a very good boy. A dog kind of good boy. Good yeah, boy. Where are they from, Rob? Oh, Ricelip. Norfolk. Fuck. Fucking one day. <laughs> one day. Uh, how are you? Are you doing all right? Yeah, all right. Yeah, a little bit, uh, little bit calmer in the house now. So, yeah, all good. Good, good. But, yeah, good busy good. week, but we got there. No, yeah, a lot better now. Thanks for asking, Josh. Lou's feeling much better, so get good. in there. Get good. in there. You all right? Yeah, I weigh a lot working. I weigh a lot working. You weigh a lot? What have you been eating? Oh, I weigh a lot. <laughs> do you know what, Rob? Yeah? Do you want to hear something pathetic? Go on. But it, it ends with a lovely bit of a lovely bit of wordplay. Okay. <laughs> so the week before the Palladium, because I'm recording that. So for the week before, I was like, I'm going to really I'm gonna really trim down in these seven days, which is obviously not going to happen. You're on a weight cut for your filming. Yeah, I'm on a weight cut for my filming. <laughs> yeah. So I took away, I got some Huel dinner replacement, meal replacement powder. Yep. And a bag of oats. A bag of oats? What a fucking cow. Yeah. And then I opened my suitcase in the hotel. <laughs> they both exploded. Right? <laughs> and I said to myself, like, out loud, I went, oh, there's Huel and oats everywhere. And then I was like, Huel and oats, like Huel and oats, the band. Huel and oats. <laughs> You make my dreams come true. And I really laughed as I was as I was cleaning you all the notes off all of my clothes. I was thinking this is this is a hilarious situation. That's a wonderful pun. It's a wonderful accidental pun. And you know it's a new pun because Huel is quite new. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. No one's done that before. That's a great pun. Huel and notes, Huel and notes everywhere. There was Huel and notes everywhere. So there we go. My um, mum and dad, are, my mum and dad are coming to see you, Josh. Oh, Rob, I'm stressed about that. 
Margate. They might, I think they might have seen you by the time this goes out. Do you know what? I find it stressful when people I know are there. Don't you? A little bit. It's all I can think about. Way less than I used to. Really? Yes, massively so, because it is what it is. You can't do anything. If you could, because obviously you want to do well in front of people you know. Yeah. So if you could click your fingers and it'd be a brilliant show, you would for every show. But that's not yeah. possible. So what's the point in thinking about it? Also as well, Josh, imagine, right? Imagine if, right, you found this little magic potion, you drunk it, every show you did was perfect and every word you said just worked and you had this perfect script that worked every single time and the crowd laughed and every night got standard ovation and was exactly the same but perfect everyone left what does the potion do (laughs) you just look really sexy (laughs) would you and you took that potion and it never changed it was always the same show you wouldn't take that potion life would be so boring it would it, it would. would. After about a week, you'd love it for a week, and then you go, what is the fucking point? I'm dying of boredom here. Oh, but do you know what, Rob? I am drifting off during the show a bit at points, because I do know it so At least well. you've got something in common with the audience now. Hey, here we go. <laughs> oh, I'm back on fire. Right, do you, want to, do you want an Instagram? Yeah, why not? Do you want to do an email? Um, I'll tell you what, I'll do an Instagram, you do an email, and then we'll uh, okay. introduce our guest. Yeah. I'm just listening to Series 4, Episode 5. Have we done four series? I've got no idea, mate. That means nothing to me. Um, uh, <laughs> but it's lovely to be specific. Yeah. Series 4, Episode 5. We talk about midwives faking birth certificates for sweepstakes. So this was when people were running a sweepstake for the date of birth of their kid, and I said, if you had, like, the fifth and it was born, oh, yeah. you could just ask her to change it. Anyway, my daughter, now 15, was born five minutes after midnight the day after her due date. In my drug state, after the birth, the midwife somehow managed to convince me to put down her birth date down as the due date as it was less paperwork for them. So her birth certificate says she was born at 23.59 on her due date, but she was actually born the following day five minutes later. To this day, Rachel doesn't know she was actually born a day later. What was I thinking? Oh, my word. Do you know my gran... She had. She didn't know whether her birthday was April, uh, August the ninth or tenth. She just didn't know. It was really? like a, it was a point of debate within the family. They just hadn't. They just couldn't remember, or they just kind of lost track. That so is she bad, never isn't knew it? whether her birthday was August the ninth or tenth. Well, if, if there's anyone listening that doesn't know when their birthday is, let us know. Yeah, there must be people. No idea. We're trying to find out for you. Yeah. Do some inquiries. We've got some contacts. Do you know what I've realised, Rob? You know when yeah. we talk about, and I hope no one's shagging at the moment because it's March. It's, it's the time. Oh, we you don't shouldn't shag. be shagging in March. Don't shag in March. You know what yeah. you're doing. Rose's birthday is, for me, too close to Mother's Day. Oh, when is it? It was two weeks before. Yeah, that is annoying, isn't it? Yeah, and you're like, oh god. So, so we, we, so me and Lou, when we first started going out, her yeah. birthday's like the 18th of June. But and that's um, what attracted you to her. Yeah, I love that. I just love perfect, the 18th. Perfect distance from Christmas. Yeah, no, it was 18th of June, and then but we'd started dating properly. I think like after she came back from Glastonbury one year, which is around that time, isn't it? So it worked out that our first date was like the 20th of June. Yeah. So that then before you get married, that's your sort of anniversary date, isn't it? You sort of do it from then. And then, oh so, but Lou went, oh, what are we doing for our anniversary? I was like, oh, well, it's your birthday. She just go out. She went, well, no, but then we're not having an anniversary, are we? So then she just invented a new anniversary. What, she's like the queen? Yeah. But then that fell by the wayside and now it's October time when we got married. Yeah. But it's, but for a bit, we had to just pretend it was like July. Yeah. Just so we could have an anniversary. Oh, it's a bit like, cheeky, you know, it? you know in your heart it's not your anniversary. You're sat there going, oh, bloody hell, four years ago today, eh? We were a month in. We were still excited four years ago today. Still excited for life. And you know what's awful, Rob? What's that? Start a relationship. 
and you're not sure if it's a relationship and then a big thing a birthday or a Valentine's Day comes along in the first month or two. Oh, because you don't want to be shit, but you don't want to go overboard. That is a such, it's such a difficult situation. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do in that? Christmas the same. Um, it basically makes you go, I've got to evaluate now, in present form, where our relationship has got to. <laughs> We've got to our guest now, Rob. Oh, dear. Oh, it's a great, it's a great episode, this, to be fair. Yeah, um, it is incredible. He's such a lovely bloke. And, yes, uh, it's such an incredible story. All preconceptions of Premier League footballers put to one side. He's a really good man and a good family man. And uh, he's uh, going to be a credit to the championship next year when he plays in it with Burnley. Oh, come on now, Rob. Too harsh, too harsh. I think Burnley might stay up. I hope so. I'm, I'm, I'm supporting them now. Yeah, I do look out for their. I look out for their results after speaking to Ben because he's such a lovely bloke. Um, really yeah. interesting story is um, second child was very uh, early, wasn't it? Very um, premature. Yeah, so should I give a um, trigger warning? Yes, that it for, there's a yeah. discussion of um, premature birth here. Yes. So, uh, but he's he's absolutely uh, he's brilliant on the subject, and uh, well, here he is, Ben Me. Ben Me. Hello and welcome, Ben Me, to the podcast. We're very excited. Professional footballer, plays for Burnley FC. You love sport, don't you, yeah. Josh? And you've got we've got a proper sportsman. Let's start with what everyone wants to know. How many keepy uppies can you do, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for having me. <laughs> the last time I counted was when I was about 14, I think. Yeah. Uh, 1,157. No way. Answer. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I had my mate counting me on the street. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a good yeah. friend. Um, ben, I've interviewed a lot of, well, Josh has as well, a lot of athletes, a lot of sports people, especially I did a podcast called The Magic Sponge with Jimmy Bullard. And I feel like with footballers, it's quite weird. There's sort of two very, I don't know where you are on the spectrum because you have the Jimmy Bullard end, sort of like the Lee Hendry sort of mad sort of end. And then I also interviewed Joe Jordan, who I, I would say is one of the most intimidating and scariest men I've ever met. I don't know if you've ever worked or met Joe Jordan, but he terrified the hell out of me. So I'm trying to work out that where, where you fit in the Joe Jordan, Jimmy Bullard sort of middle area. I think Joe Jordan's been on the sideline a couple of times when, when I've played. And yeah. Uh, yeah, he sort of stands there and sort of tries to be that intimidating character. But no, I'm not. I'm not nothing like that. I'm. Uh, I'm a not happy nothing middle. like Jimmy Bullard. Yeah, happy middle. I think maybe more. Not towards Bullard, to be fair. Probably a bit the other way. So uh, yeah, we, we should enough. say for our listeners that you've got kids. They'll be mad if we went. And you haven't got any kids, so we're just going to talk about Burnley. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a chat for you. signed a good player from Wolfsburg, haven't you? <laughs> right, Rob. Rob, focus. Sorry, sorry. Okay, no, there's a lot of uh, mums and dads out there absolutely furious of me going through the. He's got a great record. That's what I'm saying. For 12 million, I'll take him at Arsenal. He's a giant. Um, He'll fit in well with us. Is he? Is he massive? Oh, you love a massive bloke at Burnley. Well, let's calm down off the football chat. Let's talk about kids. <laughs> What's your kids set up at home, Ben? So I've got a little boy who's three. He's four next month. So, yeah. Um, planning a birthday party for him, and we've got a little girl who's twenty months. Um, so yeah, she's causing havoc at the minute, running riot. Oh can't, really? Can't take your eyes off her for for a second at the minute. So is that that age where they just sort of grab everything? They know what no is, but they've got no respect for it. It's got no sense of danger or anything. You know, climbing on the back of sofas in cupboards, pulling stuff out of cupboards. You know, you're trying to catch them and. Uh, yeah, we're just in the process of getting some things on the cupboards to stop it from going in. So, oh, I imagine as well you've got a massive footballer house, so you'll have loads of cupboards. They're more difficult. The price of being a footballer. <laughs> well, I play for Burnley, so it's not that massive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bit, a bit different, maybe. Okay, fair enough. 
And how's the planning of the four-year-old's birthday party going? It's going okay. I don't know if you know Blaze and the Monster Machine, but... No, what's that? Blaze and the Monster Machine sounds like some sort of drug deal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's some monster trucks. And actually, he's not been watching it. He's been watching Peppa Pig recently. Oh, that's the worst, isn't it? When you plan a kid's birthday, like you say, he's into Blaze and the Monster Machines. But then all Mm. of a sudden, like you've booked it all and you've got all the plates or whatever, and then all the toys, and then they're into Peppa Pig again. So is he he off the Monster Machines or is he still a bit into it? He doesn't really watch it, yeah, but he's he's adamant he wants a Monster Machine party, so that's good. Oh, that's good. But he's been watching... Pepper Pig and Blues Clues. So I've been I've been singing all the Blues Clues songs around the training ground and that, and, yeah. you know, like whistling them, going along to them and that. So you find yourself doing that. Do footballers talk about their kids much? Like, <laughs> I remember like some quote from Cristiano Ronaldo where he was like, we just talk about our bags and our phones and st- our cars and stuff. But it, would you like sit around in the dressing room and go, yeah, he's not sleeping. What, what would your tips be for, like, weaning? Do you ever have those kind of conversations? Yeah, I find it's a place to just moan about your kids a little bit in the dressing room. Um, yeah. Some of the boys, yeah, I think we've got quite an old squad, so most of us do have kids. Yeah. I mean, the other young boys are just talking about gaming and stuff, and, you know, it's a lifetime away. I can't relate to that at the minute. I'm just not, I can't get into that. Yeah. We're pretty um, into our 30s, a lot of us, so, yeah, we're, uh, we're chatting about kids a little bit. But they're still yeah. quite young, though. I mean, like, football, you know, you're only 32 and you've got, like, you know, a four-year-old and a two-year-old and stuff. And like, a lot of, you know, football teams are quite young squads and stuff like that. So it must be, mm. especially now, people do have kids later, but footballers sort of do have them a bit younger, mm. I think. It's sort of different culture. Yeah, I think so. I think footballers are, are more settled in the job, I guess, and yeah. they don't have anything else to do, so they might as well have kids. So. <laughs> <laughs> Training finishes at 11. Well, yeah, exactly. So I think footballs do start down a little bit early. So one of our lads has got four. He's the same age as me. He's got four kids. And I couldn't imagine what his 20s were like. And it was tough for you as well with your second because she was, um, was it 16 weeks premature? Yeah, yeah. So she was born at at 24 weeks. Bloody hell. So, yeah, we had a sort of really touch and go with her for for a little while. She was in hospital for three and a half months. Bloody hell. And then she came out on oxygen. So she had oxygen in the house for a good few months after that until the new year. So, yeah, it was quite scary. So... You know, we've got through it, and she's she's a really strong little girl. Ah, you know, a great character, wow. like a, a real feisty character. And yeah, you know, we feel fortunate for you know the situation we're in now. Um, yeah, I bet. It makes us really appreciative of having her around and sort of the dynamics of our family at the minute. What was it like the hospital visits? I can't even kind of comprehend what that experience was like. It was tough. You know, you didn't know what you were going into. We rang the hospital in the morning to try and get a feel of how she was over the night. Sometimes it was good news. Sometimes it was she'd had a tough night or a rough night, and the doctors and nurses have, have been doing a bit of work. On her. So you kind of you did expect, I guess, what you were going into, but obviously having to go in separately was was tough initially because hmm. you were waiting to to well, Sarah mainly went in first. I let Sarah go in first, and I waited yeah. to hear how, how she was when oh. you know Sarah come oh, out. So right. I think for a, for a couple of hours, you sat in the corridor twiddling your thumbs or, or trying to keep yourself busy. God. Yeah, it was, that was tough. How old was she when you first got to hold her? Three or four weeks old. Wow. Yeah, but again, I, I was on our own, so we didn't get to see her together for a good few weeks after that still. So Bloody hell. We were always going separately, yeah. That was crazy, you know, the nurse handing her to him. She was yeah. so small. You worried about all the wires and everything, so. Oh, God. This is sort of off topic a little bit, and I think this is why people are so angry of all those parties going on at Downing Street, is when you're having to go in separately and all the mm. stress that caused you and your family, and they're in yeah. there maybe allegedly getting pissed up. It's just so fucking infuriating. I don't think you need the word allegedly. <laughs> I don't know, I'm just covering myself, mate. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly that. It's just infuriating. Yeah, we couldn't even go in and see. Our, our son couldn't meet her for three and a half months as well, so that was frustrating. Oh, how did he deal with it? 
He was really good, actually. He was he was aware, and every time we came home, he was asking how she was, and he knew she couldn't come home, so he was just sort of waiting to see her, really, to meet her. Yeah. God. Did you know anyone that had a premature baby, or was there any help offered, or did you could you reach out to anyone, or did you just get on with it on your own? Yeah, the help-wise was difficult because it was COVID, so it was kind of new as well, and there wasn't all this Zoom chatting going on really as much. Yeah. And the support wasn't around the hospitals because everything was sort of locked down and, and really quiet around the hospitals. Because I think I read Bernardo Silva had a premature baby, and, and did you speak to him a bit about that? Yeah, yeah. He's a Man City footballer. He is Man City footballer, yeah. I wasn't rubbing that in. I was just for anyone that <laughs> don't know, weren't I? <laughs> you know, he wins stuff. I didn't know you were an expert, Rob. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. He's a good footballer. <laughs> I'll say that just for people that don't know. Place of Man City and Portugal. Um, you're one of the best players in the league. But anyway, Ben, you back to you. <laughs> well, our first game back was Man City, so and we had like captains meeting before games with the referee and that, and just you don't say anything really, like other than you know keep your team in order and that. So I just spoke to him before the game because he was their captain, I was our captain, and I just mentioned to him about about Olive in, in hospital, and I knew that he'd had a had a little boy, uh, Matteo, at, at 24 weeks as well. So I just had a little chat with him and asked him how he was doing because I didn't really know anyone else that, uh, that early sort of thing or yeah, yeah, right. that early. so just a bit of reassurance was nice and for him to be doing well he said he was doing well so you know it just gave me that little bit of reassurance that things can be could be okay like at the end of it when did you realize this is going to be okay like how many weeks into it did it kind of settle down that it was i think at different stages always a worry of of something else you move on to sort of the next thing that you know landmarks she passes so yeah. um like it's her eyes or her heart or anything like that her muscles anything like that sort of is a is a next step, a next landmark. She's overcome that. She's she's lower on oxygen. She's breathing better. Ah. So I think once she was off oxygen was the main main thing. So she's come out of hospital, but you're still worrying about the oh god, yeah, the saturation levels, the oxygen and stuff. So um, and yeah, so that was that was the biggest sort of worry. I think uh, her oxygen levels once she's come out of hospital. So once once that had gone, it was fine. How much did she weigh when she was born? She was um, one pound two ounces. Oh my god, wow. one pound. Yeah, she was. She was did the. Uh, Don't forget the two. Blimey, one pound two. Because it's how, you know, when I remember when we had kids and we brought them home to the hospital and we were very lucky there wasn't any complications, but you're still sort of seeing, you know, when they're sleeping, you go, oh, just check, check if their chest is still going and yeah, silly yeah. little things yeah. like that. It must have been very hard once she came off the oxygen not to, you know, now she, you say she's running around and she's feisty yeah, at 20 yeah, months yeah. and stuff, but do you feel a little bit more like, you're double checking if she's all right still a bit or has that calmed down now a bit because you could like for all of her life go for all she all right now because of what happened at the start yeah no probably a bit more protective of her i bet with our little boy it's like yeah go on do what you want jump yeah. off, jump off the sofa and that and stuff and <laughs> with her it's a bit more like oh just just be careful that first boyfriend when he comes around he'll be oh, like yeah. i know yeah. you yeah. or girlfriend or girlfriend no, true yeah, or girlfriend yeah. exactly but yeah you're right we'll be a bit more protective of her than probably probably jackson yeah, so. <laughs> and how does it work with long term development so when she was 16 weeks is she then at the stage which say if she'd been born on um, schedule that she would have been or does it affect long-term kind of development and growth and stuff yeah i think it affects affects it long term especially for the first couple years of her life so she's 20 months now but she's probably i'd say 16 months maybe a bit more 17 months yeah um, development wise Mm. of course yeah so yeah so she's a little bit behind but i think a determination you can see it coming through i think that'll that'll carry her well yeah well tyson fury what was tyson fury rob well, his dad tells the story, and I don't know if you've yeah. heard much from Big yeah. John Fury, but a lot he says a lot of things. But he says he weighed a pound and he could fit in his hand. But he was, I don't know, he was premature. I can't remember how many months, but yeah, he was premature. He's six foot nine, 
you know, well, heavyweight champion of the world, you know. But yeah. it's weird though, because actually she was, four, is it four months early, basically, she was? Yeah, almost four months, yeah. So yeah, she's going to be behind because she should have been born four months later. So then she'd been at the right level. So it's weird. I, I was like, well, what point do you sort of age them? You know what I mean? Because they've sort of mm-hmm. been born, but not been born, if you know what I mean? Because it's sort of, it's almost like a sort of, they're recreating the womb almost, aren't they? To keep to keep them going at that that age. Is that, is that, is that you know, the oxygen, oxygen and stuff? Yeah, basically the incubator, the oxygen. That's the word the I was looking for. That- Pathetically yeah. <laughs> scrambling around. <laughs> Someone help me and say the word, please. Someone say the word. I'm talking about something serious. Help me. <laughs> I think that's what they recreate. Um, yeah. Yeah, the feeding tube and, and everything. So I guess that's, that's, that's the idea. With the kind of development, those early months before the due date, are they, is it just mainly sleeping and stuff? Is it, are they, because obviously the first couple of weeks after that due date, the baby sleeps a lot and all that kind of stuff. What's the kind mm. of conscious state in that situation? pretty much asleep most of the time uh, when you go and visit yeah they're, they're very much asleep and, and and just really calm um i can't really remember the exact time when she sort of started to be more alert and aware because mm. it all sort of rolls into one and and you know without going back over the pictures and, and that yeah. it's, it's yeah, difficult it's... but once she's come out of the, the incubator and she's she actually in a cot and thinks that was sort of about maybe five weeks before she she came home she, she got moved to a cot so that was a big a big moment. Yeah, mm. oh, I bet. And then she's keeping you up all night and you're going, I can't believe this. It's just so much easier when she was in the hospital. What's going on? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah it's, uh, no, you're right, but it's great to have her home. But yeah, no, um, she, she actually slept all right. Oh, really? Because I think she got into a routine, the nurses got into a routine at the hospital. Yeah, oh, they did the work better. for you. She was a lot better than the, our first one, so anyway, <laughs> yeah. we were buzzing with that. <laughs> but we never want to happen again, so... Of course, no. yeah. Then, but then you're allowed to, you know, find positives out of things. You know, it's not always yeah. always the negatives, but uh, oh, it's amazing, though. It's just, it's been so, so tough. You know, obviously, you were able to, you know, take your mind off it a bit by playing football and stuff. What about your wife? Was she working at the time? Or was she off work or not working? What? How was she coping? Because it's hard when there isn't yeah. something... You know, you can always go, oh, go out and see your friends or whatever, but you had to be switched on if you're playing a game of football. And if you, if you don't have to be, it's hard to yeah. switch off. How, how was she? And don't forget, it was, it was hard to see your friends at that time anyway. Yeah, of course, you actually, yeah. You couldn't even go Leave and see anybody. So. Yeah. Unless your friend was Boris Johnson. Oh, I know. It's so fucking... I'm not, it didn't really, <laughs> even directly happened to me, but it's strange. He's so fucking angry. The poor people yeah. had to go through all this. And the fucking... I mean, also, the party looked shit anyway, didn't it? Didn't <laughs> like, like, a good one in there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to see Abba with Carrie Simmons. I don't even... Like, Imagine <laughs> breaking lockdown for a fucking Abba party. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> I think I'd have more respect if he opened up like Spearmint Rhino with 20 mates. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Went for it, hell for leather. Abba, with all your, all your wife's mates? Come on, Boris. That's not worth the fine, is it? Sorry, Ben. Sorry, Ben. No, um, so, so no. talking to people about it and stuff was via Zoom and stuff. Like, that must have been yeah. so frustrating. Yeah, no, it was. It was frustrating. But um, my wife got a bit of support from some of the hospital care unit. Yeah, she works for herself in general. So, um, yeah. but obviously she's off work when you know when, when she's had a baby and everything anyway. So it's tough. It's tough. We we found you know, obviously trying to talk about it as much between ourselves beneficial. We had Jackson who, who kept our mind busy, and that was a that was a big benefit that we. Yeah, they're great distraction kids, aren't they? Like, yeah, it's yeah, a bit exactly. hard if you're your first kid and you're just at home waiting. It's all you know. Yeah, but they're they're yeah. great for that kids. They're just complete distractions. No, but, but it was tough. It was tough. You know, it was a time of uh, you can only do so many Zoom uh, quizzes with your family, can't you? I guess. Yeah. Time, so. <laughs> I friends. did none. I made a rule of it. None. Oh, I wish. I wish I'd done none. You, oh, yeah. I just tapped out at the beginning. I was like, no, it's not going to help me. It's a, <laughs> it's, a, it's a stressful time, and doing a quiz with my in-laws is not going to help. <laughs> 
This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss, the lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision every time. Smart Food. Add smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com. We just got back from Centre Parks at the weekend, so oh, just lovely. recovering from that. Oh. I don't know if you've ever done it. Have you ever done Centre Parks? Yeah, it's great. I do. Like, I'm a big yeah. fan of Centre I used yeah. to go Butlins as a kid, so I feel like I'm yeah, cheating on Billy. I'm the same, yeah. <laughs> Butlins, yeah. Lou's family love it, but it is good to be fair. The, 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 all the water park stuff's great. They, they love all that, so it's a great. It's great for kids. Yeah, love all that. It's great for It's hard graft, though, isn't it? It's hard. Okay. Hard yeah, graft. it ain't easy. It's not, <laughs> well, especially when you've got them both in a trailer and you're biking up an hill. It's crazy. Exactly, that's exactly what I was doing. <laughs> it's awful, exactly isn't it? What I was doing. Oh man! Surely you've got stronger legs than Rob, though, haven't Do you? you know like... what? I've got. I'm not <laughs> so suggesting that, that um, I've got stronger legs than Ben Mee, but I'd, I've got quite. I've got pretty strong thighs. That's all I'm saying. Because he has to carry this mess on top all round, basically. <laughs> Have you done that machine in the gym, Rob, where you like push with your legs the the weights, <laughs> the, the, the leg press, the leg press? I'm all right at that, but I'm not. I'm not suggesting that um, I've got stronger legs than Ben Mee. Um, but what I'm saying yeah. is, it is a workout. But you're not ruling it out. All I'm saying is a two. <laughs> Two-year-old kid is heavier than you think. Yeah. And then when you're trying yes. to get it round a corner and you're going up an hill with the trailer. So what did you do at Centre Parks? What activities were you doing? We got there on a Friday and then we had a fun-filled uh, morning on a Saturday. Um, bumped in. Yep, lovely. <laughs> we had a bit of football. The little man. Yeah. And then I took him to archery. My wife took uh, a little girl to some messy play class. And yeah. My little man, he loves, he knows how to push my buttons a little bit. You know, when I'm getting a bit frustrated and he's not yeah. doing something. He'll just keep going with it. Keep going, winding me up, winding me up. So he was, uh, he was doing that in the archery, not holding his arm up. And I'm trying to put the bow in, trying to get the bow. And uh, he's doing it on purpose. And he's just like, his, his arm going limp and that and stuff. And yeah. by the end of it, it was like five toddlers of me doing archery at the end. So, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, then on the, on the way back, we had to, we had the dog with us as well. So we had to go and fetch the dog. We, uh, we didn't have the bike, so we had um, the scooter. We're going up this hill. We didn't want to scoot up this hill. Yeah. So I'm like, right, I got the scooter. And I didn't want to walk up the hill, so he wanted me to carry him. I'm like, I can't carry. I've got the two scooter, you know, everything in my hands. And... Do you have the dog as well? Yeah, we took the dog with us. That's a mistake. Oh, God. You've had a nightmare. Yeah, so. But anyway, he's, he's not walking up the hill even. And he doesn't want to walk on the path. He wants to walk on the other side of the barrier. I'm like, right. So I walk off, you know, thinking he'll follow me and that and stuff. And then I turn around next minute. He's he's falling in a bush, and this woman's trying to get him out of this bush <laughs> down the earth. And I'm, I'm like, and she's shouting, he's landing in nettles, he's in nettles. Oh, and that. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm losing it. I'm like, oh, yeah. So uh, anyway, I felt like the worst parent in the world at the minute. So at, at that time, at that moment, yeah. That's a tough age to take yeah. him away, four and two. It's yeah, not, because they're too young to let him play in the water and stuff. But when you can take go like yeah. to a holiday with a swimming pool, six and four mine are, and that is the first time we've been able to sort of relax on a holiday. Sorry to break that yeah. to you. You've got two more years of hell. It's much easier than me. I've got four more years of hell, so... <laughs> It's good content. I said to my wife, I'm getting a glimpse over the sort of the trenches. I feel like we've been in the trenches yeah. for a couple of years, and I'm just getting yeah. a glimpse over it. Sort of, but you're not. Yeah. you're not quite out of it. Your son's still in the trench, covered in nettles, but you're <laughs> out of it <laughs> <laughs> with the dog up the hill. Yeah. So that was your your winter break from the football. Yeah, all the half the Premier League were in Maldives and Dubai, and I was rocking up a hill with, in centre park with, <laughs> with kids on my back. So, yeah. Have you thought about renegotiating a contract, man? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I don't really want to go into negotiations with Sean Dyche. He looks a bit scary. He thinks he's funny, doesn't he, Sean Dyche? He has a few quips, doesn't he? He does think he's funny, yeah. <laughs> 
think. Do you think he did used to eat worms? I've seen him put a worm in his mouth. Yeah. Have you? All right, he's eating worms just for banter. It was early days. It was in his early days. Not yeah. before. Not now. He's, he's matured. <laughs> he don't eat worms no more. What's it like? Because as a football, you've got quite a lot of free time, or it, that's the perception. I don't know whether that's true. Does that mean you get to do quite a lot of parenting? Like, you get to spend a lot of time with your kids? Yeah, I, I'm lucky because I live where I'm from, sort of thing. So we, I live with my family. Some of the lads don't live with the families. They yeah. live a bit far away, you know, and, mm. and commute quite a lot. So they're commuting two, three hours, some of them, to, to football. So I get to drop my little man off at, at nursery or kindergarten, as you call it, or preschool. Yeah. And it gets training. And then sometimes I can get back and pick him up sometimes at half three. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, that, that's pretty good. You know, I'm lucky to, to do that. I, yeah, I know, I know I am. So. Has he been to see you play? Yeah, he loves it. Obviously not through through lockdown and yeah. all the, the shutdown and that. But when he first came, it was the only time he'd sit still, really, was at the football. He, you know, he, he's always on the go. But he'd actually sit there and watch the football and, and take it in. And yeah, he loves going now. So. Oh, wow. And was you a natural when you started playing? Was that sort of mapped out for you, your career in football? or? <laughs> No, I've had to work damn hard for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, you know, some people, it's sort of like, you know, they, you work hard, but it's sort of quite clear from an early age that they've got a, a ability and, and talent and stuff. Or, or was you was your the other way? Yeah, I used to love playing football. Yeah, just out on the street uh, as a kid with my friends, just um, not taking it too seriously. And then, yeah, just uh, went from there and enjoyed it and, and wanted to do it more and more. Do you think that's where he's heading? Would you want him to be a footballer or would you rather him something else? Uh, I'm not bothered, yeah. I don't really... I know how hard it is to, to become a footballer. And for me, just if he enjoys it, he enjoys it. But I'm trying to get into all sorts of sports, taking playing tennis and, and doing all sorts of other, other things as well, other than just trying to focus on, on one thing. And, and what about your daughter? Actually, she's two two years old. But can you... Yeah. I don't think, like, with my daughter, who isn't as... You can just tell that my son is so much more active and so much more kind of rough and tumble ready at nine months. Can you tell, like, uh, what she's, she's like as a character? Yeah, I think she's... Um... She's tougher than, than Jackson, I think. Tougher than the sun, like, uh, yeah. really determined. She's been kicking a football. She watches us kick a football around, so she's there trying to kick the football as well. So she just gets involved and gets stuck in. And I think her attitude is a little bit similar to myself. Yeah, <laughs> just just get on with it. Do you go on play dates with other footballers? Uh, we have done, yeah. We've been to a few birthday parties, yeah. A few birthday parties. And... Who's in your little uh, your little parenting crew? So I've got Nick Pope down the road from me. He's got yep. a couple of kids similar age to myself. Matt Lowton, he's got quite a few kids. That, quite, you know, a few, quite, a... <laughs> <laughs> quite a few. Quite a few kids. I'm not count. He's the one with four, so. Yeah. Oh, God, that is... Are you going to do any more or two enough for you? Four's too many, isn't it? Yeah, I think after our experience that we've, we've just had, I think we'll just see how it goes. Yeah, there's no, no pressure from me to have any more. You're quite happy, you're quite chill. I literally, I just Googled Matt Loughton and a little did she a picture of him with his kid came up immediately. That's how many yeah. kids he's got. Yeah. He actually comes up yeah. the same amount of times as him playing football. Yeah, the great kids, really nice family. And obviously, being the kids of a, a Premier League footballer, obviously you are very not just a normal bloke. It seems unlike the sort of the sort of media's description of what a Premier League footballer's like, very sort of sensible and non-flashy and stuff like that. Do you think it's unfair? It's sort of like an unfair description of what they are for their kids to see. You know, if you're the son of a Premier League footballer, yeah. you automatically assume a certain lifestyle and things you've done. Where the reality is, he's in a you know in a ditch covering metals. <laughs> <laughs> so. <it's> like, <laughs> Yeah, they, they don't know the reality stuff, so, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think you you take your sort of view off the ones that put themselves out there a lot and are watching yeah. stuff, but there are a lot of others that are just, you know, really normal, down to earth 
people that just get on with things and yeah. and do everyday normal things. So I think the ones you see that are on the news and in the in the press and on social media a lot and, and putting themselves out there, it, you know, they give off the sort of vibe that that's what we're all like. But like I say, deep down, we're all just dads and and yeah. that, trying to trying to get on with our kids. So. I think as well at, the, at his age at the moment, he's sort of a bit like obviously it's exciting that you're a footballer and stuff, but he's not like he's a teenager at school and like if Burnley got beat, he's going to get loads of banter yeah. and stuff like that kind of thing. It's so no. it's like, it'd be weird because you'll sort of be probably retired by the time they go to secondary school, unless you have some sort of real fucking 41 <laughs> year old resurgence. What's your plan after football? Have you got a plan after football of what you'll be doing and things like that? Not yet, no. I've got, no. I, I want to have a few things in mind and, and, and nothing nothing set in stone, but I have options to, to do and want to spend time with kids. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. a big thing. I want to I want have that time to... Because we, you know, I don't get the weekends no. to play and yeah. all that stuff and we're away a, few, a bit of time. But yeah, it'd be nice to have that time to, to spend with kids and, and family and take the, the kids to, to sporting occasions and stuff and, and, and do that. One thing you always miss out on as a footballer is Christmas, right? Yeah. Because that's obviously the biggest day for the family of the year. And you have to, like, train on Christmas Day and you have to... How much does it affect you? You're playing the next day. So how much does it affect your Christmas Day? It's not the same, yeah. It's not the same as uh, as what it would be, I guess. We actually, this this year, we got Christmas Day off. I think that's the first time I've ever had it off because our game got postponed on the, on the Boxing Day. Oh, yeah. But I ended up being ill the night anyway, so I don't really, <laughs> didn't really make the most of it. But, uh, yeah, so... You can't really enjoy it as much. So that'd be a nice thing to look forward to, I think, you know, spending time, you know, the build up to Christmas as well is very good and, and fun and you know, yeah. as you remember it anyway. Because I find that we gig a lot of weekends on Saturdays and mm. weekends and stuff. So it like you know, Mondays are normally my sort of days off. And when the kids go into school, that's what I found difficult is when the kids are in school and it's Monday to Friday, Saturdays and Sundays become so important because they're the only days the kids are around to see them and stuff like that. But then when you're away, if you're playing football or gigging, it is hard because you obviously the travelling you do is all over the place, isn't it? And stuff, you know. And how do Burnley get to games? Are they, you know, some clubs are flying, are you on trains, are you on coaches, or are you flying yeah. to the. How, how do you get about? <laughs> no, we just bust it everywhere. Seven hours, eight hours on the bus. Is it? Joking. Really? Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> so. I don't know. I don't know what the dice rules are. Oh, no, no, yeah. Used to be. Used to be. Uh, no, we train. Train. Sometimes we fly, but very rarely. Train it, yeah. Yeah, I usually train, but away nights in a hotel are, you know, quite quite nice, quite enjoyable. Oh. <laughs> Just, <laughs> do you still have to share a room? We, well, we're not allowed to at the minute. Because oh, yeah, of course. COVID. Yeah. But I don't think I would anyway at the minute. Quite enjoy it on me. So, you do stay in a hotel before every game, so there's never a situation where you're like, up with a kid at 4am and you're like, mate, I'm playing Liverpool tomorrow. Go to sleep. I've got a man salad. <laughs> yeah, I don't give a shit how tired your kid is. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I spare room on a home game. Yeah. But even then, you can sort of hear the kids if they're up in the, in the night. Yeah. You're aware of it. Oh, mate. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. And is your partner a bit more resentful she understand it of that? Because Lou will always go, oh, you've got a busy day tomorrow, I'll look after the kids. But I will be reminded that she looked after the kids in yeah. the morning before that busy day. No, she's very, very understanding. <laughs> no, she, 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 no um, <laughs> it's hard because on, on the day before a game, on the day of a game, she's constantly looking after the kids. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm sort of focused on the game. And then I played the game and I'm knackered on my day off the next day, but I've got to try and I've got to be with the kids and, yeah. and you know, try and make up for it. So 
I try and do that a lot, you know, and, and try and make up for her being with the kids for the two days. Yeah, that's what we do, sort of trade off. Yeah, she's really good. Have you had any sort of like long injuries when you've had the kids at home? I've done all the ligaments in my ankle and I was like off work and we had like a, a two-month-old and a two-year-old and Lou was furious. And at one point, walked <laughs> into the, the other room and I was there my foot up and can you get me a glass of water like that? And she walked in holding a baby while the other one was crying around her legs and went to me, you need to get better or die. <laughs> 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 I've had any anything too serious, but I, yeah. I had my shoulder recently. Yeah, and I was taking tablets to try and sort of ease the pain and stuff. And I was just I couldn't use it for three or four weeks around the house, so I was trying because I, I wanted to play games and stuff. Yeah. And I was strapping it up for games and trying to get through games. And I was like, I can't change the nappies. I can't, you know, I, I just couldn't. I can't do it. So, no way. So, oh, yeah, yeah. So I, was, I was playing on it a little bit, but yeah. So I, was, uh, I need to, I need to get it right. I need to get it right. <laughs> I need to get it. <laughs> Exactly. When I was a kid and I was watching football and kid players would just move between teams, you don't think any of it. And then when you grow up, you go, God, it's a huge decision. Say you get to the end of this contract and then Southampton offer for you and that would be a huge move for your family and all that kind of stuff. How much does it come into footballers' minds, these kind of career moves will affect their family? Because obviously you're a one-club man for the last kind of 10 years, mm. but that's yeah. so rare. Yeah, no, I've been lucky. I've been really lucky to sort of say commute to, to where I am less than an hour away. So but I know I do know players that commute three, four hours because the family are, are in a certain spot and settled and going to school and doing all that. So it is a big up, upheaval. I think for anyone, any family moving, isn't it? It's a big upheaval. So it's no different to, to our line of work that if a player moves from one end of the country to another, it's, it's still a, you know, a big a big commitment. Is there pressure from clubs that they need to move closer? Like if they are four hours away, because it does affect you if you're driving or, you know, even if you're getting driven and you're getting up, picked up at five yeah. in the morning to get yeah. to training at nine, 10, you know, it's not good for you, yeah. is it? It's not good for your body to rest, is it? No, definitely. I know uh, one of our lads is an hour and a half away and he gets put under pressure to, oh, to really? move in that. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah he gets put under, but he's not got any kids either. He could just easily move. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't like the area. He just doesn't want it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so he, likes what, he likes what he likes. <laughs> I think players sometimes try and keep it quiet. Yeah. Where they're commuting from or how far they are. Or they'll go, yeah, I've got a flat. I've got a flat nearby, near the training That's ground. It, yeah. And I'll stay at the flat yeah. before training. And then I'll go yeah. back at weekends on time off. And then they're booting it home with an empty flat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> Crouchy did that. Because Crouchy played with you at Burnley for a season, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. He trained it up. Yeah, he got the train every time from London, wasn't it? Yeah, he did, yeah. What a bloke he is. That's insane. That is mental. Paul Merson <laughs> did that at Middlesbrough. He used to get the train. When Paul Merson moved to Middlesbrough, he stayed in London. Got and he'd train. get the train up and down. And you're like, that is not an existence, is it? No, it's crazy. Well, no, but I think Paul Merson had bigger problems than that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the long train journey was the issue. He didn't even have a young person's rail card at that point, Robbie, <laughs> no, so it's a terrible story. <laughs> Obviously, a lot of younger footballers go out and about and, you know, and celebrate after games and stuff. Is there a pressure on you to sort of go and be part of, the, you know, the team spirit at all, especially as a captain, to go out on those nights out when you've got kids and stuff? Yeah, I mean, again, I'm lucky I'm where I am because we've got parents nearby babysitters on, on tap. So we're, yeah, we're like, yeah, just so you come can, home. We, yeah. Can, we can go and do it. But uh, I've organised a couple of family days as well with, when we can all get together and, and do that as a sort of as a captain, I feel like I should be organising things like that. So what happens on the family days? Basically all the ones that the families are 
running around after the kids and then the other ones that without the families are just you know separate sat away and just watching us all do our thing with the kids again it's almost like being a bit of a dad isn't it being a team captain though isn't it yeah. of loads of like teenage like that fatherly role isn't it no it is it is and like i said we've got quite an experienced group with the younger boys and that and stuff but people even the older lads are, are still coming to me sometimes with the most ridiculous things that you've got to try and sort out or or asking questions that really don't need answering what kind of things are they asking for I can't think on the spot. <laughs> There's definitely one that's in your head now. There's definitely one that's... <laughs> nah, I can't <laughs> You won't say rather than <laughs> you can't. Yeah, that's probably more like it, yeah. Is there anything like you use as a team captain that you like the leadership of being a team captain? Have you transferred any of those skills to try and keep your kind of children in line? I guess so, yeah. I guess you, you kind of do. You, I don't know an example, but I think you do take it across with you. I think... You know, sometimes when I'm playing football with Jacks as well, you're trying to you know trying to put across that side of it as well a little bit. But I don't, yeah, I don't really know in sort of what sense. Do you wear your captain's armband when you're playing with him? Oh in the yeah, arm? all the time, all the time. <laughs> Let him know he's boss. Two point. Are you in charge of the are you in charge of the fines and stuff for the players if they're late and stuff like? Is that the captain's job at Burnley to sort of go like you turned up? That's the money for the because a lot of clubs the captain's in charge and there's different fines for different things they do wrong and it all goes into a kitty for the end like charity or the, or a big party, isn't it? Yeah, we have a kitty and that's why I take charge of the kitty and then obviously there's any charity ones as well that we divvy out and sometimes the gaffer takes one for a charity of his choice as well. We have like a spin thing, so we spin a wheel, yeah, so like for fines and then we have amounts on it and to charity into the kitty and things like that, to the staff kitty and stuff. Oh, okay. So what are your fines? So if you're late for training, what's the fine? Or would it just go on the spin? Late for training, uh, you'd have to probably spin a few times, like three times, five times maybe. What's the highest number on the spinner? 250, I think is the highest, maybe 350. And then you've got times two as well. So if you get a times two and then you get that and you have to spin again, and then if you get like a 250, 350 pound, you obviously double it. And that's probably the highest thing you can get. That's great fun to watch though, isn't it? If someone's late, oh. getting the spinner out. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's really it's good fun. We used to have forfeits, which was better. We used to have to sing or tell a joke. We had yeah. tell a joke still actually, but we used to have to sing or dress up as Elvis or do something stupid like that. So <laughs> Yeah. There must be points when you're in the nursery run and your kid's kicking off and you're like, mate, I'm not dressing as Elvis because you won't put on your coat. Come on. Yeah, dragging him down the path. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> There's 350 quid on this, mate. Get him to nursery. <laughs> Yeah, too right. Have you been caught out with fines because of the kids and stuff like that? Or is that a get out of jail free card if the kids are kicking off? You know, you can't like turn up a bit late and go, here's your Elvis costume. I'm like, she went into labour four months early, mate. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know the rules, put on the Elvis outfit. Yeah, I've tried playing that card, but it don't work. So don't no work sympathy. But like, yeah, to take Jackson to nursery in the morning sometimes, you know, trying to get him out of the house and, yeah. and get his breakfast down him and stuff. And, and you know, knowing that I'm going to, I'm right on the wire of getting there on time or not. It's uh, it's quite stressful. When I'm um, at work occasionally, and I, I think um, every parent that's at work while the other parents left with the kids will uh, have this, you'll get a text from your partner saying, you know, this is an absolute nightmare. I'm having a terrible time. And you're like, I've had that four minutes before live TV shows. <laughs> Are you, you ever like, you're like thinking, I've got to mark Phil Foden, and then the next thing you know, your phone goes, and it's your wife going, mate, I can't get him to bed, this is an absolute nightmare. <laughs> yeah, so if we have a three o'clock kickoff, we usually um, FaceTime them beforehand. Yeah. So about 11-ish or something, like I'll FaceTime, and I'll just see chaos going going on in the house, and yeah. like, she's like, this is happening, ah, going mad, and I'm like, right, I'll... Uh, I'll see you later. I've got, I've, got, I've got a game to play, so just cut it short. And uh, yeah, it depends on how it's going. A phone's banned then in the dressing room from a certain time, uh, or could you check your phone at half time in the match? 
No, I won't do that. No, no. I just uh, want to switch off and yeah, not think about anything other than other than the game. Yeah. But no, before in the hotel or before you know, obviously we get to the the stadium, plans are calling the families or whatever, yeah. and making sure tickets are all right as well and stuff, and make sure everyone's sorted for tickets and things. Yeah, so that's all going on. Do some players check their phone then at halftime? Or is it just not allowed? Is it a, a dumb thing? I can't think of many people that do it. I'd be tempted, you know, if you've like you've got like a booking, and you're like, I swear I didn't yeah. fucking touch him. I swear, because now you could literally <laughs> go on Twitter and find it in seconds. I genuinely, when you said that, Rob, I thought you meant like for a restaurant. Like, I'm not sure I'm going to make it tonight for seven pm. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. it's going to extra time, so I have to push time. it back. <laughs> I thought you meant that as well. Oh yeah. no, no. <laughs> you scored a worldie. Just want to go and check it and that stuff. Yeah, yeah, guys, yeah, look at this. Yeah. Watch this. Yeah. this yeah. Just... <laughs> That's not really a massive problem for you, though, Ben, is it? No offense. That's not really your game. <laughs> no, you're not wrong. 11 goals. He scored 11 goals, man. Uh, yeah, in about 400 games. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not my forte. Have you got any other questions, Josh, before we finish with the final one? Yeah, I, well, I, did, I did want to just, what I really respect is when we were talking to you about your daughter being born and you're like, I'm more than happy to talk about it and I feel like I'd talk about it any time. And do you feel like a duty having been through that to talk about this so that other people have that as a resource maybe if they're going through it and is there that feeling for you as a kind of public figure yeah definitely something that i wish that was there at that time was somebody speaking about it and just to sort of hear someone's story positive story really about it and stuff so i feel like me speaking about it gives somebody that little bit of hope you know yeah. at the end of it it can, it can be okay a little bit like with david silver and me speaking to him hopefully for them that's sort of reading what i've been through and I've done a few articles and, and calls on it as well. So I felt a bit of responsibility to do that as well. I wanted to do it as well. I quite, you know, I feel, I find it a bit sort of therapy for me as well, talking yeah, about it as well and, and getting off the chest as well. So yeah, yeah, definitely so. And if there's anyone listening to this that is going through that, um, is there anywhere you'd send them to any websites or any organisations that sort of work with that? Is there anywhere they could, could go? Yeah, well, I've been doing a lot of work with Tommy's Charity. Uh, they have a Twitter. And what's it? What is it? Sorry, Tommy's? Yeah, Tommy's. T-O-M-M-Y-S. And you work with them? Yeah, they do a lot of work with families all throughout, you know, premature birth, uh, miscarriages, uh, stillbirths, uh, and, and any sort of bereavement with babies and, and support through that as well. So do a fantastic job as well. Oh, brilliant. That's, brilliant. Um, that's a great shout That's Tommy's Charity. Um, Tommy's.org, I think the website is. Yeah, that's right. You're so good at Googling, Rob. I didn't even see your fingers move. Oh, mate, I'm all over it. Don't like <laughs> me. I'm like, the, you know, in like a, a thriller, I'm like, the bloke in the van on the computer doing all the hacking <laughs> you know they just upload shit well quick you know then pull USBs out without checking fuck it I'll do it for <laughs> and then the final question is there one thing about the way your wife parents that annoys you that you don't really want to bring up in case you have a row or is she absolutely perfect in every way Ben oh she is perfect in every way yeah of course that goes without saying I guess one thing is, you know, when um, when your kid falls over or yeah. bangs himself and that, and she does this intake of breath or, you know, like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, like the, kid, the kid's absolutely fine. Yeah. And then they hear yeah. that and the terror on the face and they think, have I hurt myself? Have I hurt myself? And then they start yeah. crying. Yeah. And they're absolutely fine. But yeah, she has a tendency to do that or, you know, make them noise that. Oh, you're in a ditch. No way. <laughs> Oh my god, that must really hurt. You're not crying. Are you sure about that? I'm glad she wasn't there for that anyway. I know, fair uh, Ben, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Ben, it's been so nice to talk to you. No, thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. Good luck with the rest of the season. Thank you. Yeah, good luck. I think you've got a good run. I think we'll be all right, Burnley. New striker. Yeah, we need to get out of it. So, yeah, we'll be all right. I can't believe I'm saying this because I went to Turf Moor and watched Plymouth get relegated in 1998 and I've hated Burnley ever since, but you turned me around. <laughs> good man, good man. Just 24 years it took me, but now I'm all right with Burnley. 
Thanks. Cheers, Ben. Thanks so much. Cheers, Ben. Cheers, guys. Appreciate it. Ben Mee there. I love Ben Mee. What a lovely bloke. I'm now going to be following Burnley for the rest of the season. Yeah, I want him to stay up now because of, yeah. of, of Ben Mee. Yeah, it's such a switched on lovely bloke, isn't he? Yeah. And also a, a bit frustrated that I got pulled up by a Premier League footballer for not saying boyfriend or girlfriend. Yeah, I know. I mean, what does that make me? You're not as woke as a footballer, Rod. <laughs> With these stiff necks playing at the back, just edging all the time, rock hard neck. Um, yeah, no, he was right to correct me. But yeah, he's got a lovely bloke. That is so brutal what they've been through. I think you know that I mentioned it, but you can see why the country's so angry when everyone's got a story yeah. like that of being in the hospital or being at funerals or horrible life events where you were doing the right thing and sticking by the rules, and when other certain people weren't, and it is infuriating because that must have been such a tough time for him and his wife and family. But I'm going to say it now, Rob. I had yeah. a lovely evening singing Dancing Queen at number ten. <laughs> And I, I, I just Carrie really... makes the best volivants. <laughs> yeah, what a legend Ben Mee is. Hopefully, yeah, I'll be um, willing on Burnley to win the what, win the league. Obviously, that's not going to happen. Just sort of survive the league. <laughs> that's never going to happen. Um, it was Tommies.org is the charity he said, uh, which would be good to get in touch. We'll give that a shout out. It's on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, it's sort of just helping people with uh, baby loss and things like that. So yeah, great charity to support. Um, well done, Ben Mee and um, Josh. I'll see you on Tuesday. See you on Tuesday. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> I'll tell you what's upset me now. Why is it £2.50 to cross the Dartford Crossing? It's a bridge. You don't have to pay £2.50 to cross a bridge. I'd rather swim. And also, why do you get fined when you forget to pay it? You have to remember to pay it. You are getting fined for failing a memory test. It should be illegal. I tell you what I can't stand. Loud typists in cafes on trains. How hard you need to hit the keyboard. Sounds like you're smashing it with a sledgehammer. What about people that run down the park with their prams? What are you doing? Uh, <laughs> yoga in public. Stop it. These are the sort of things that upset us. And we talk about them on our podcast, What's Upset You Now, which is back every Tuesday and Thursday. We have a guest on every Tuesday and previous guests have included... Romish Ranganathan, Catherine Ryan, Jack D, Rob Beckett, Stuart Lee, Mark Lamar. Out every Tuesday and Thursday, wherever you usually get your podcast, What's Upset You Now is back. <laughs>